Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We are in our series, Starting Over, and we tried to set the precedence for what our path entails, right? So the first thing that we wanted to set a precedence for, and we'll remind you that, in order for you to really embrace this whole idea of starting over from the biblical point of view, from the point of view that we are expressing it, you must first confess and admit that your life is not your own, okay? That is very important, that that's the foundation of what it is to walk with God, that your life no longer belongs to you. That means that you are not leaning on your own understanding and trying to do things your own way, right? There's a level of submission that you have given over to God, the reins of your life. This way now, the path is not your responsibility, it's God's. Okay, so yes, you know, we are living with God in real time. We are walking with God in real time. This is not osmosis by any means. We have questions. We don't know which way to go a lot of times. We we, we have issues that we're dealing with. But understanding the baseline that it's better for me and it's easier for me to deal with my issues and my problems if the path is not my responsibility. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says that people plan whatever they want to do. But ultimately, it's the Lord that directs their steps, that guides their steps. So surrendering to that aspect of it, that the plan is not ours um, and that God has an ordained path for us to go on. And sometimes that path is not a linear path. This walking with God is a fluid thing. It's not, you know, go down the street, make a left, make a right. Sometimes it's just being sensitive or or being uh, vulnerable and being flexible with God to understand where we're going. Okay, so we talked about wasted time and the feeling of wasted time. We talked about ungoverned expectations in the past. Uh, We also talked about last week the fact that um, the inception of starting over all begins with God. Right. So the premise of being able to begin again starts with God. And we came from Genesis one and one. We talked about those four words in the beginning. God. So today I kind of wanted to, you know, focus on this story of Lazarus in light of Resurrection Sunday, in light of dealing with all of the emotions that precede the change, all of the emotions that precede the resurrection, precede the starting over, and what we're what we deal with with that. So, if I can kind of give a, a little bit of um, a, a, a seed as far as what we're going to be thinking about today is dealing with if right? Dealing with the ifs of life, dealing with, you know, if this happens, then this will happen. And you know how we can stack up different consequences and how we can kind of prepare ourselves or brace ourselves for what we think is going to be horrible. Um, or, or, you know, you know what we do. We that do that know what we do. So I wanted to kind of go through this story a little bit and kind of go through a little bit about, you know, uh, the, the feelings and everything in this particular story. So we can go to John chapter 11. and. Pretty much, we encourage you to go ahead and meditate on this. But just to give us a little context of this, this story, Jesus is now towards the end of his ministry here 
in this in this in this where we find ourselves in this particular chapter. And he's he's actually getting closer and closer to Jerusalem. He enters a town called Bethany. And Bethany is about two miles away from Jerusalem. So from Bethany, you can see Jerusalem, right? Now, Jerusalem represents the place that Christ is going to die in the next few days. Okay. So this scene is like the last stop that Christ is at before he ends up going into Jerusalem and the whole process of the passion and the dying on the cross begins. Okay. So these are the moments before Christ goes through a major transition in his ministry. He comes now to the pinnacle of why he came. Okay. And he gets word that basically one of his close friends is very sick. Okay. Lazarus is very, very sick. Now, the the beautiful thing about this passage is the Bible does not cloak the relationship that the Lord has with his friend, right? The the Bible does not cloak or hide the fact that Jesus was very dear to this man and his family. Matter of fact, Lazarus' sister was the woman who she she had known at Jesus' feet with her hair a little while back. So there was a relationship where Jesus had been in their house before. Like there's a relationship here. And Jesus gets word that Lazarus is very sick and sick to the point of death. And what's interesting about this is Jesus, the Bible says that because Jesus loved him, he stayed where he was. So Jesus wasn't necessarily at their house yet. Jesus got word to go to their house. But when he got the news that his friend was sick, he didn't come right away. Right? He, he, he didn't come right away. And I think many of us can relate to the, the anxiety and the frustration when we can sense that things are about to change or we're in a fix where it's like, um, do I try to salvage the situation or do I cry out to God for help? And then what kind of help is God going to bring? So we're dealing with those emotions and those feelings right now in this story. That's what they're dealing with. Listen, you know, if Jesus gets here, we won't have to deal with this change. If the Lord answers my prayer right now, then everything is going to be cool. Everything's going to be the way it needs to be. And nobody's going to be dying. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. Nothing's going to change. And the Bible says because Jesus loves them, he quote unquote doesn't answer their prayer the way they want. He basically lets Lazarus die. He basically waits until Lazarus dies. So there's, there's an aspect of dealing with like, you know, the the if God answered this prayer, then you know, I would, I would, I would look at God this way. Or if God comes through my, in my situation right now that I'm going through, um, I would look at God. I would appreciate God better. And this is aspect of not understanding how God moves when we pray and not understanding how God, the, the, what, what God has planned for us, which is why we set the precedence for your peace with your life is only going to come as much as you've surrendered your life to God and to his path for your feet. And that's why we set that precedence. Like this whole idea of starting over um, from a human point of view, from our everyday point of view, bears a responsibility on us for our mistakes, for whether we made the right turn years ago or not. You know, it, it bears upon us, us responsibility in our own hands. However, when we give that over to God and now say, my life is not my own, my life is God's, all the vicissitudes of life. Now you have included God in participation with that. So now if he's guiding you, if a turn left or turn right, you have confidence in knowing that God is both at the beginning, middle and end of this thing. 
This story kind of gives us a beautiful example of that. And I love what Jesus says in verse four. So let's look at John 11, verse four. I pretty much caught you up here, okay? John 11, verse four, and this is the easy to read Bible. It says, when Jesus heard that they said, that he said this, basically that your friend Lazarus is sick, Jesus says this, the end of this sickness will not end in death. So this, the end of this sickness will not be death. This sickness is for the glory of God. This has happened to bring glory to the Son of God. Okay, I think that's a very, very rich and deep principle that Jesus has given them in response to the fact that it doesn't make sense that he's your friend, Lord, and your posture kind of looks like mm, you're not really running. Like, imagine that. Like, when we pray, it's an emergency to us, and we expect God to get up and run. God, hurry up, because we're not in control of this, so you must not be either. And the whole idea here, Jesus very calmly says, the end of this sickness will not be death. No, this sickness is for the glory of God. So notice this, right? God has allowed sickness to come into this family's life, not for sickness sake. God has allowed trouble to come in this family's life, not for trouble's sake. God has allowed things to come in our life, not for trouble's sake, but for the glory of God, which means that God has an intention and a plan for our future that we don't really understand. And starting over could just be a part of God's plan for his glory out of your life. This Bible, the Bible says this has happened to bring glory to the son of God. So basically, When we look at, it's it's encouragement here that when we look at our circumstances and we look at our life and we look at what we're struggling with and we look at what we don't have and we look at all those things that make us anxious and nervous, the Lord is trying to challenge you to think about what glory might I be possibly getting out of this? Remembering that God sees the end from the beginning. God is not figuring out life as we're going along. There is a purpose and intention behind everything that God has done. So there was a couple points that I wanted to kind of share, you know, w- with us today. Um, and number one is it's God knows what's going on in your life right now. Okay, that's the first thing. Okay, understanding. Whether you prayed or not, whether you asked God for help or not, God knows exactly what's going on in your life right now. It is not in a general sense, because a lot of times God is in control. He knows. No. God knows so specifically that he knows what your body is doing in response to what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Like God knows intimately where you are without you even praying. That's how in tune God is with our lives. That's how connected God is with our lives. That's why God knows where to find you. He knows where you are. You were born with a divine tracking device. God knows exactly where you are, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you what you know, what you don't know. He knows what he's hiding from you. He knows what he's keeping from you. He knows what he's protecting you from. He knows it all. So oftentimes we say, yeah, God knows, God knows, God knows. But if we can get a revelation to the fact that this is not a general knowing, this is an intimate knowing. Bible says in Psalms 46, one through three and amplify, God is our refuge and strength. This is the Amplified Bible. 
strength meaning mighty and impenetrable to temptation. Uh, and this is this is it right here. A very present and well-proved help in trouble. So that just means God is not just around when we're in trouble. He's present. We often have a conversation, right? And, you know, sometimes uh, we'll, me, me and Rachel be talking and, you know, I, 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 I get uh, uh, in trouble because I'm not present. That's true. I'm not trouble. the only person. Yeah, I get in trouble. Um, all married people get in trouble sometimes. People act like, oh, I don't get in trouble. You get in trouble. You get in trouble. We both get in trouble. She gets in trouble too sometimes. But listen, the point is, God is a very present help in trouble. Okay? Present meaning fully aware. He's involved. He's not just sitting there. He's in there. He's, 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 he's fully awake. He is fully, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he's, he, he's there. <laughs> Right? You're not just listening to me just to say, mm -hmm, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, 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 I know. But he, not only is he listening, he's soothing your anxiety while he listens. It's almost like when, when, when a kid is hungry, right? And, and you know that you got the bottle coming, but the kid is screaming his head off because he don't see the bottle. So what, what do you do? You calm the baby down. You, you're not going to give him the bottle yet because it's too hot and that will bring harm, right? Because you're present. So you're not just reacting to the cry. You have the solution in hand. And the kid is just going to have to cope with their discomfort with the answer on its way. And that's, no, oh, and, and that, that's kind of, that, that's the presentness that, that God wants, wants us to know he is, regardless of our perception of his presentness. Yeah. And just to add, I think that that word also insinuates that there is no time needed for him to get there. Yeah, that's good. So there's no ETA. Like, it, it's not like God has to get in a car, drive to where we are right. and and come rescue us. He's there. Yeah. Right. If he make, if you make your bed in hell, he's there. Yeah. No matter where you are, he's present. Yeah. As in like a and I wasn't good in English. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like the. um. And I said this once before, and somebody gave me the answer where it's like a constant verb. Like it's always was it happening. Uh, maybe. I think yeah. it was a participle. Yeah. I think it was a participle. He's just present. Yeah. Like he's always present. Right. He's not present once he gets there, he's always there. Mm -hmm. So that's comforting in knowing that no matter at what stage you are in life, he's always there and has been there and will be there. Right. Right. And, 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 and also, he's been there, and he's when he's there, he's ready to help. See, that, that's, that's the thing, too. Like, when we pray, so many times we're, like, wondering, well, if God's going to get up from this throne, and is he going to say, and what is he going to do? Like, what is he doing? Is he sitting there with his arms crossed, like, mm-hmm, yeah, this is part of our plan. You're going to have to just go through. No, he's going to help, but it's going to be the help that he knows that we need, not necessarily the help that we want or we think we need. Right. So it's trusting in God's sovereignty in, in that way. Um, the second thing I think that this this passage kind of brings out the fact is that God is concerned about your present, but most concerned about our future. God is concerned about your present. He's very help. He's a very present help in times of trouble. He's ready to help in times of trouble. He is ready. But but here's the but. God is most concerned about your outcome than he is right now. Okay? So God is concerned about the end result more so than our present comfort. 
Now, the reason why I think this is a wonderful thing about God is because even our present likes and dislikes change. There's variables in our present situations, right? What's, what's emergent now in the next few seconds may not be emergent. It may not be an emergency, right? So God doesn't want us to squander something based on a present and immediate reaction. God is concerned about preserving the future, preserving your life, preserving your peace, preserving those things that are lasting in your life. So look at this story here. It's kind of like, okay, Lord, this makes me question if you really care or concerned about me because you said that you had, Lazarus was your friend. This is your friend that you basically let die for the glory of God. You let Lazarus die for the end result. Now, the problem is when we see this story, we can see it in hindsight. We know he's going, he's going to rise from the dead. But put yourself in that situation as many times as we prayed and we trust and believe in God to do something for us or help us through a situation. And we don't know that resurrection is on his mind. We don't know that God is going to turn things. We don't know. We have no idea. And the things that we say and the things that we wonder about God and the times that we doubt, the times that we fear, when resurrection was just like the bottle in God's other hand. And we're screaming and crying and he's, he's calming us. Don't worry, I'm with you. 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 But not only am I with you, I'm here to help you. Like, I got a better idea for you than what you think the outcome is. And it's going to be an idea that you didn't even think of. Mm. Right? You didn't know that resurrection was with you. You thought that this was something that's later on. No, he says, I am the resurrection. The, the power to start again begins with me because everything started with me. So this is idea of, of being secure and understanding that God, yes, he's very present help and very concerned with us right now in our present, but he's most concerned about our future and the end result. Jump down to verse 21, John 11, verse 21. Listen to what Martha said. Now, these are Jesus' friends now. Right. These are Jesus friends and they're aware that Jesus heals. Like there's a there's a level of understanding and there's a level of expectation that they had of Jesus and expectation that they had of their relationship and their friendship with Jesus. Notice what she says. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had done this, I wouldn't be in this situation. Think about, the, think about the pain that she's saying that from, as many of us do. It's natural. Jesus didn't say, oh, you don't have any faith, Martha. You don't talk to me like that. Don't you know who I am? No, a few verses later, Jesus Christ himself. So this, this is a beautiful text. It's showing the, the, the full range of, of, of human emotion. And even Christ, and all the chapters in the Bible, you see here, is one verse. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. So this, this, this text kind of gives us this idea of, of God's deep concern for us. But ultimately, though there are tears, God is not going to deviate from his plan because of our discomfort. Because only God's plan gives us a guarantee of hope in the future. We can't guarantee what tomorrow's going to bring. We, we have no idea. The only guarantee of a successful future, whether we got to start over again a hundred times, is God. The fact that God is at the end. So Martha says, if you were here, you, you know, you, 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 would, you wouldn't have died. But I love what she says in 22. And I think this is something that we all have to, to learn in our relationship with God to at least be able to utter. But I know that even now, God will give you anything you ask. 
Martha says to Jesus, I don't understand why you wasn't here. Uh, a little piece of me is upset that you wasn't here because we wouldn't have to go through this transition right now. But you came. But, but you came. You know, it's a little late right now, but you came. But even now, when I think it's too late, I know that me coming to you is going to put me in a position to even get a request asked from God, no matter what time it is on my clock. That ultimately, any kind of starting over, reconciliation, peace, healing, whatever there's left, whatever you, God can do it because you are the Christ, the Son of God. Okay? So there's that posture. So then Jesus starts to, start to push a little bit. Okay, so um, this is kind of like, all right, so let me see how much you get, how much do you know me, Martha? Like, how, how much do you know me? And these, this is what these situations do in our lives. They test how much we know the Lord. They test our commitment to God. They test how much you, how much you say you pray and how much you believe. It tests your faith. So he tests her faith and says, uh, your brother will rise again and, and, and your brother will rise and be alive again. Right? And Martha says, just like many we do, I know that. In, in the resurrection, he's going to get up. I know. One day everything's going to be okay. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. And it's this very surface processing that we do. And it's almost like we cap God by hedging ourselves from disappointment. I don't know if anybody does that. I know I do that. Like, I just settle. You know what? It's in God's hands. But inside, I'm screaming. I'm mad at God. I'm upset. I'm frustrated that things are happening. I'm annoyed that everything didn't turn out the way I thought it would be. And Jesus challenges that here. And he says, you know, Martha says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection. And Jesus says, hold on now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, there's the, the possibility of resurrection is only because of me. I am the resurrection. I am the means that makes it possible for anybody to get up from a dead situation. I am the life giver. In the beginning, God, Elohim. In the beginning, me. I started this whole thing. Certainly, I can restart it now and make it better than it ever was because I'm the one who does it. So there's this question that Jesus presents to her, and he says, you know, do you, do you believe that? He asks her, do you believe that? Do you know that much about me? Do you believe that much about me? That I am the vehicle by which starting over is made possible. And the question today is, do you believe that? Do you believe that your life and your path belongs to God and the steps that you are making are ordained by God? And when I say ordained by God, I don't mean that in a spooky way. I'm not saying, oh, every step I took was. But you, you, you've surrendered your life to the point that you have confidence in the fact that whether you turn left or right, you've acknowledged God and have peace about your steps. That's good. That's where the peace comes from. It doesn't come from knowing exactly which way to go. Because if you look in the Bible, nobody knew where to go. Abraham, I'm going to go to a place. I'm going to show you a place. Take, take a place. I'm going to show you. Well, when? He didn't print out no map quest directions. He didn't put it in the GPS. He just knew that his path was ordained by God. So just walk. And the confidence in your steps comes from the understanding that my life is not my own. And if a restart is in God's plan for me, then it's going to lead to the same destination that God intended from the beginning. And not only the same destination, but at the 
uh, appointed time mm -hmm. that was designated for you to get there. That's good. Because sometimes, you know, we, we're okay with the fact that, oh, okay, I ended up being where I needed to be, mm -hmm. but I'm a little late. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes there's times we have taken the GPS and we have gotten turned around. We had an ETA yep. and we got turned around or we had to stop and do something and ended up going a different way. Mm -hmm. And it, the, the ETA was adjusted. Mm -hmm. But as we drove, it was like... It even now. And you don't know how. It just happened that you... And sometimes we end up getting there early. Yeah. Earlier than the original appointed time. So it's, it's important to just rest in whatever path you're on and trust that you'll get there when you're supposed to and you'll get where you're supposed to. Yeah. So we often say, like, this walk with God is more of a walk of yielding. It's more a walk of surrendering your thoughts, yielding it to God. It's, it's letting go of what you think, as hard as that is. Letting go of what you think your plans should be. Man plans, but God ultimately directs the steps. And the confidence of God's direction, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Like, I, I know my life belongs to God, so I don't care what nobody else, people could be speeding past me. And that's what we do. We look to the left and right. Man, this person's farther. Oh, man, that means, see, man, I got a head start. I started earlier, and now I got to go back. And you see all the people just cruising, right? Cruising past, bye, and you got to go back. And then we got to deal with those feelings of like, come on, man. Feeling late, feeling lost. And just that, that just brings me, because you see that image of seeing people cruise by at an even speed. And that's fine for some people that that works. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And there's times that you have, you get turned around, but at the point or at the place you get turned around allows for a bypass that you wouldn't have encountered mm -hmm. had you been going the same pace they were. Mm -hmm. There's times where we, we're coming back home from New York mm -hmm. and we may hit traffic at a certain point that will cause us to have to bypass. Mm -hmm. But had we not hit that, we would have kept going right past the shortcut that the, the GPS, it's like the GPS kicks in and goes, oh, wait, there's a bypass right here. Yep. There's a shortcut right here. Sooner. But if you keep going, you, you won't encounter it because you will have passed it. And how many times has the bypass taken us back and around? Mm -hmm. Right? So like sometimes you have to get off the exit and it takes you back around to some weird place you've never been. Right. Weird looking roads, make you feel like you're lost. But that's when you got to stay the course and trust the GPS. And you come all the way around and pretty soon, now you don't notice right. that you're further right. than you were. That's when the time adjusts and you realize, that's oh amazing, shoot, man. I'm actually early now. It's amazing, man. So, so like, like, so, so it's God is concerned about your present, but most concerned about your future. Look at Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven. We read the scripture all the time. Yep. What does the Bible say? For I know the thoughts that I am plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans. You, you know, I like to pause in certain things because they just get my mind going. Like it's not just ideas. These are thoughts, and they're not just thoughts. These are plans. Now these are like blueprints. This is like planned out things. This is like past, future, present plans. I know the thoughts. They're so dear that they're precious to me. God is saying it himself. 
I know them. You don't, but I do. I'm God. They're reserved for me. I know. And what are they? First of all, they're not what you think. They're not going to bring you calamity and disaster. You may feel that way because you're not in control. But imagine how last, how, how their family felt. Like this is this this is this is this is messed up, Lord. We, we know you heal people. We, we we heard it. We seen you heal people. We we seen you we we seen you heal sickness. We seen you do this, right? But it's for, like I said, the end result, in order to give you a hope in your final outcome. That's amplified. In order to give you hope in the future, to give you something to hold on to. Third point, the help we want is not necessarily the help we need. Now, this is amazing, right? I, I, I ministered this, this, this is probably one of my favorite passages to, to, to it helped me through so many things because I feel like I can relate to the pain and relate to the feelings. Like this, this I mean, Jesus cried, man. Jesus cried here. Like this is, these are some of the same things we deal with. We ask God, Lord, if you had done this, we wouldn't be dealing with this right now, right? We can always say that. So in this very, very thing, this proves that the help we want is not necessarily the help we need. So Lazarus is sick and the help they wanted was, Lord, come so Lazarus don't die. Lord, fix this so I don't have no collateral damage. Because I don't know how I'm going to deal with, if the worst case scenario happens, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, Lord. So the help that I, I want right now is what I think I need right now. And this is what I want you to do. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> That's how we pray. Lord, right now, this is what we want because there's no other solution. So this is what it is going to be. They don't need to start over, Lord. They don't need, they don't need to go back. They don't need, all you got to do, God, is come and just fix the situation the way we think it should be fixed and everything will be okay. Then I'll praise you. I'll give you all the glory. I'll worship you. I'll live for you. I won't do it no more, Lord. If you fix this, I'm not going to do this no more. And the Lord says, this situation is not going to end in death. It's for the glory of God. It's not going to end in death. You're going to experience death, but it's not going to end there. You're going to experience loss, but it's not going to end there. Because what is God trying to show us here? Like starting over is not the end, right? Like, 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 like death is not the end. And that's what today means. Today means death is not the end. Your worst case scenario is not even close to the end for God. What you think is possibly the worst thing that ever happened to you, God has a resurrection up his sleeve. Some way, shape, or form, death will not win. And that's what this meant. Put Jesus on the cross. The Bible says if they had known the hidden wisdom of the forces of darkness, the devil, Satan, had known the hidden wisdom of God, they wouldn't have went through all that trouble crucifying Jesus. Because look what you did. Now you also killed death. So now death, now you just messed up. Because now, death, of course death can't hold God. Death can't keep God captive. You can't kill Jesus. Jesus gives up his life, borrows death for a little bit, and then gets up and conquers it. So now, not only did he get up, but now we have an opportunity to get up every single day. Look what you did, devil. You messed up. See, you didn't, you, you wasn't, you didn't have the plan. It was God's plan. God had plans and thoughts in the same way he has plans and thoughts for us. That no matter what your situation is, no matter what you're going through in your life, no matter what, how bleak it looks, Starting over is always an option to God. And it's not starting over like resuscitation. This is not chest compressions and bring you back with the life that you had. 
Resurrection means you're getting a whole new body, a whole new system. You're getting regenerated. It's brand new life. If you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Therefore, all things behold. Look at it now. You have more vitality. You have a new lease on life. This is not like the old life that you're recycling. It's a brand new life. So look what happened here. It's like the help that this family wanted was not necessarily the help that they needed. That, 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 that the Lord had another definition of help in mind. So I, I think sometimes when we're praying, we're like, Lord, help me. But we need to add, help me your way. Lord, don't give me the help that I want because I'm not good enough to help myself. My help to myself is limited. Help me the way you want to help. Help me the way you see fit. And if that means I got to go through some stuff, if that means I got to go all the way back to the beginning, that doesn't change my ETA because you got the clock. I don't. Let me stop comparing my path to everybody else, looking around everybody else. Help me, Lord, to focus on the fact that you have a design and a plan for me. Help me to be confident and good with that. And no matter what that makes me feel like when I'm watching everybody else cruise by. Because the thing is, you don't know their ETA. You don't know if they're cruising, but they just got stopped by a cop and they just driving under subjection, but they're late. We, 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 we don't know what the truth, what their truth is. And you don't even know what their destination is. I have no idea. You don't know. They, they could have five more hours on their travel Which time. is why they're trying to conserve their energy driving like that. Right. That's you true. don't just worry about yourself. Amen. Just worry about yourself. And this is the thing, right? And I think we're going to kind of close with this aspect. Just thinking about it. When you're thinking about your path and thinking about your walk with God, one of the prayers that we're always going to pray is, Lord, I need your help. Right? But this really blessed me. Okay? In this particular text, God had always intended to help. Like this was a destined pit stop for the Lord. This was going to be Jesus' last miracle regardless. Jesus was going to have to raise Lazarus from the dead. The Bible says it, that this sickness will not end in death, but it was for the glory of God, which means it was planned. This whole situation was planned in heaven to bring glory to the Son of God before he goes to Jerusalem. It was planned. We didn't know it. They didn't know it. But Jesus knew it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just and, and evidence of this is when you look up Lazarus' name, like, like you look up Lazarus' name, what the name of Lazarus means. Lazarus' name means God will help. His name means God's will, God will help, which, which indicates to us that help was always a part of the plan, but it was God's help. It was a help that we would ultimately need in reading this passage today to understand the limits of God's love, the limitlessness of God's love, the limitlessness of God's power, that even if death, our greatest fear happens, Jesus supersedes power is greater than our greatest fear. It's a prelude. I'm going to raise Lazarus from the dead after he's been dead for four days. So he's rotting by now, but it doesn't matter how dead it is and it stinks and it's embarrassing because you're going to open a tomb and it's going to be a foul smell and he was late. Just think about how crazy this scene was. Now I'm going to raise him. This night he just fell asleep. This is like this man is dead, dead. And I'm going to raise him up for my glory, just like I'm about to get up. You're going to see me die and I'm going to do the same thing. 
so that you all can get up with me in the end. So the Lord is the resurrection. Jesus says it very plainly. And he asked them a question. Do you believe this? Do you believe what we're talking about right now? Do you believe that starting over on God's path is not failure? Starting over does not mean wasted time on God's path. There are things that God has planned for your life to encounter, for you to encounter, not for evil's sake, not for trouble's sake, but to give you hope in a future. To give you an insight and a perspective of God that you would not have gotten otherwise. To help increase your faith. Lazarus is raised from the dead. And the Bible says in the next chapter that he is sitting down, reclining at the table, eating with Jesus. Like the resurrection healed the sickness. See, resuscitation is just bringing back the dead things. But the sickness died when he died. So then when God brings him, the Lord brings him back to life. Ain't no sickness no more. And the problem that brought you to that point died when you died. And this is the new life that God has given us. Old things are passed away. So the old you died when you came to Christ. You may have a recollection. Oh, I remember when I was sick. But that's where you need to leave it. A recollection that you cover with praise. It's not, oh, I used to and I think I'm going to go back and do it again. Now nah, I'm a new person. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are new. And even if I got to start over again, even if I got to go back to the beginning, I'm still a new creature and my life is not my own. I'm on a path to a secure destination that God knows where I'm going to end up. And I have peace with that. Amen. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day, God. We thank you for what this day means, what it represents. We thank you for the promise that we have because of this day. Thank you, Lord. This day, you are the resurrection. We thank you for doing what you said you. you came to do, God. We thank you. We believe it. We hold true to it, God. Yes, and you. we trust you because of it, God. Lord, I pray, God, that as we enjoy this season, this will be a reminder yes, to live for you, God. We yes, thank Lord. you because you have conquered death. So any pain that we may feel is only temporary. The loss is only temporary. Yes, if we've died in you, if our loved ones have died in you, God. So I pray, God, that we would hold fast to that promise that there is no sting in death anymore because mm. you have conquered the grave. Thank you. Lord. And we thank you and praise you for that, God. There is no situation that is truly dead mm. because you are the resurrection. Yes. We have peace because of it. We have life because of it, God. We have a promise because of it, God. Yes, Lord. We thank you because you've conquered physical death. You've conquered spiritual death. We can have eternal life because of it, God. Yes. We just thank you, God. Thank you We're so much. appreciative of God. So, Lord, we lay down our life, God. We submit it to you, God. Any sins that are in our life, we repent and we ask for your forgiveness. Make us new. We start over with you, God. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. For the privilege to start over with you. Mm. We thank pray, you, God, as always, that you would give us the grace for the things that will not change or even that have changed and we have caused us to start over. Mm. We thank you for the mercy when we fall short and Lord, we pray God for the favor to obtain the things we cannot on our own to bring you glory yes. so that ultimately you will get glory. 
We thank you now and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.